Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. So Father, thank you so much for the Word of God. Lord, where would we be without this anchor of truth in such a perplexing time? We thank you that we have not just good words, not just words of men, but we have words of God. And I thank you for that. And I pray that as Brother David shares your word and preaches your word tonight, Lord, that it would touch our hearts and our minds. Give us ears to hear tonight, to hear what you would say to us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do. Turn to Psalm 16. There's also notes, but I didn't make enough copies. Um, I'm sorry. Psalm 16, verse 9 says, Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So Jesus, we're so thankful to, just like Derek prayed already, to open up your scriptures, to look at what you have for us. And we love you, Jesus. We love what you've done and the way that you created all things. We love what, you're, what you've done at the cross. We love that you put on flesh and, and lived among us. We love that you right now are sustaining all things and right now are causing us to breathe and to have a heartbeat. And we're thankful for what you're going to do. And now we press in. We invite you, um, Holy Spirit. We ask, Father, you would send Holy Spirit and he would work amongst us, that he would do a good work, that he would take what is of Jesus and he would give it to us. Father, I pray that tonight the source of our joy would be Jesus of Nazareth. Him him crucified, and Him the returning one. So help us. We cry out for help. We cry out for mercy. We say, Jesus, we don't have anything apart from what you give us. Give us wisdom. Give us revelation. Open the eyes of our hearts to see you rightly, to know you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so we're going to get into the notes, like I said earlier. Um, a few weeks ago, probably like a month ago, Derek asked me to teach, and I, it just didn't work out that I could. And then uh, David asked a couple weeks ago and said, hey, um, I'm, I'm, playing, uh, we're, I'm playing music. Can you play keys for me? And I'm like, sure. And then I thought, oh, that would be fun to do like a, um, a night where we can tie in the artwork that David's been working on about the return of the Lord and that he's already done as well. And um, I am going to teach at my own church on Sunday on Psalm 16. And I was working on the outline a few weeks ago. And I, I, saw, I got to the verse that we read here earlier in verse 9 about how David is saying, ah, you know, I'm really rejoicing at the resurrection of the dead, at the, at the resurrection of the faithful one and just the resurrection of my, myself. And I thought, that is so cool how he ties in joy 
to the return of Jesus, to the resurrection of Jesus, to the resurrection of the dead. And I just thought to myself, I wonder if there's other verses in Psalms that, that express joy and rejoicing about the return of Jesus. And I just went on this like fun adventure for like three days of, wow, oh, the, the, the Psalms have a ton, to, ton of stuff to say about joy. And it's almost always connected to the return of Jesus. You can find a handful of verses on joy in the book of Psalms that aren't. But the, the majority of the verses on, on rejoicing and, and joy are actually rooted in the return of Jesus. And so I just had, this was like the most fun outline. And, and if you guys have the notes, it's really not that much notes at all. I mean, it's four pages, but it's mostly just scripture. And so tonight, we'll mostly just read through scripture and just rejoice together in the day of the Lord. And, and this is one of those cases where the, the goal tonight is not the teaching. The goal is to, to, the, for the teaching to prepare us for when we go back into worship. Because we're going to worship with joyful songs about the return of Jesus. And hopefully the, the teaching tonight just gets us ready for that. So without further ado, let's keep working through it. There's something really important about the book of Psalms when you read through the scriptures. So you're reading Genesis, Exodus, you're going all the way through Job, and what you mostly have is narrative. Just you're, you're hearing the story of the Bible. When you get to the book of Psalms, however, you finally have commentary on what's happening. You have, you have the author saying, well, this is what this is about, and, and explaining to you the covenants, and explaining to you what's happening at the flood. And so it's, it's a super important book uh, chronologically as you work through it. The other thing that's important just about joy is it's, it's the source of our strength, right? What does it say in Scripture that the joy of the Lord is our strength? Super important that we have joy, and the means to getting that joy is through Jesus of Nazareth. And so we do that by studying Him, studying His Word, looking at Him in the Gospels and looking at His life. But also, and we're going to see tonight, the source of our joy comes from His return. And why the, the whole Gospel message is pointing to the day when he returns to the earth. And hopefully tonight we can see that from the scriptures. So what I did, and I don't know if this is the best way to organize it, so I may have messed this up, but I chose to organize it this way. I took all the verses and I put them into categories. The joy of the resurrection of the dead, the joy of the justice of the day of the Lord, the joy of the restoration of of the day of the Lord, the restoration of all things, the joy of Jerusalem, the city of the great king, the joy of the coming kingdom, and the joy of Jesus, the eternal king. And, and all those things are connected. And so what ends up happening is we end up reading some of the same verses over again a couple of different times because it's just saying the same thing in a different aspect. So hopefully when we get through that, that'll be kind of obvious. But the first one we're going to look at is the joy of the resurrection at the day of the Lord. So... Uh, Verse 9 again, or chapter 16, verse 9 again. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. Nor will you let your faithful one see decay. And in Acts 2 and Acts 13, both Paul and Peter claim that what Jesus, or what David is saying there is he's prophesying about his future son who's the faithful one who won't see decay. And you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. When? At the resurrection. 
Verse 30, or chapter 30, Psalm 30, verse 1. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths, and you did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, you called me for help, and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You brought me up from Sheol. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, you, his faithful people. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And in, in a Hebrew worldview, the night is always, is always a picture of this present evil age. Right now we are in the age of men in its darkness, its sin. But the morning, the day, the, the daybreak that's coming is the day of the Lord. So weeping endures for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. For most of my life, when I heard those, that verse, or I, I, I would re- sing that in a song, I took it as in like, meaning like, yeah, nighttime is bad, and you know, in the morning it's good because you have your coffee or something. But, but really, no, he's saying, no, weeping endures in this age, but rejoicing and great rejoicing will come in the morning, at the dawning of that day. Verse 6, When I felt secure, I said, I will, never be for sh- I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I'm silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing praise, your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. When will he turn our wailing into dancing? He, we, can, we can do that now in this age in hopes, but we're going to be dancing at his return instead of wailing. He's going to clothe us with joy in our resurrected bodies. You can also see Psalm 118, which we'll see a little bit later tonight. So number one here, resurrection is built into all the other ones. They're all interrelated. The restoration of all things, the justice at that day, the, the, the restoration of Jerusalem, the king, they're all connected. But all these things happen with our resurrected bodies. And so in this way, resurrection is built into all the other ones. And the assumption of the resurrection is crucial in scriptures because... In Genesis 3, Adam and Eve sinned, and the curse that was laid upon them was that he says to Adam, from dust I took you, and from dust you will, go, you will return. The idea is, you, I'm cursing you with death. But the promise of Genesis 3.15 is, out of, out of Eve will come the seed who will crush Satan's head, and he's going to reverse the curse. If the main, the main part of the curse is death, what's the main part of the blessing when Jesus returns? Somebody tell me. Life. And how do we live again? Resurrection. So resurrection is built into the gospel. It's built into the whole story. It's the reason that Hebrews tells us that Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. Do you guys know what, you know what it says in, in, in Hebrews um, 11 why he was going to do that? Hebrews 11 says it's because Abraham assumed God was going to raise Isaac from the dead. It's, it's buried into the assumption of all the scriptures. There is a resurrection coming. Uh, Number two then. So in the New Testament, the resurrection of the dead is just as important. And it's even more important because it says, because Jesus rose from the dead, 
we have confidence that we will as well. That's why they call him the firstborn or the first that came out from the, from the dead. Romans 8, Colossians 1, Revelation 5. And like I said earlier, we have confidence that we are going to come out of the grave because he did. And I love how Paul says it in Acts 17. He said, but God has anointed one man who will judge the earth. And he's proven that this is going to happen by raising him from the dead. So that is the joy of the resurrection of the dead. The next one is massive. I, we could have had eight pages and pages and pages of this one. But there is so much joy in the Psalms about the joy of the justice of the day of the Lord. Now normally when you think about justice, very few people think about joy. But we should. Let's take a look at these verses. Psalm 9. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praises of your name, O Most High. Sing praises of the Lord enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. For he who avenges blood remembers. He does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. Lord, see how my enemies persecute me. Have mercy and lift me up from the gates of death, that I may declare the praises in the gates of, the da- of daughter Zion, and there rejoice in your salvation. The nations have fallen into the pit they have dug. Their feet are caught in the net they have hidden. The Lord is known by his acts of justice. The wicked are ensnared by the work of their hands. The wicked go down to the realm of the dead. They go down to Sheol. All the nations that forget God. But God will never forget the needy. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. Arise, Lord. Do not let mortals triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Strike them with terror, Lord. Let the nations know that they are only mortal. Psalm 37. And Psalm 37 is like a parallel to the Sermon on the Mount. If you want a fun study sometimes, study Psalm 37 and then study um, Matthew 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. How many of us have heard this, this phrase used for this present evil age? He's going to give me the desires of my heart. I always dreamed about having a yacht, and I think God's going to give me that yacht because I just read it right here from Scripture. It's not the context. The context is at his return. Refrain from anger and return from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. When does Jesus say will inherit the land? At his return, right? The meek will inherit the the, the earth. A little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy prosperity. Psalm 46. We'll see Psalm 46 a lot tonight. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Ever, ever since I looked at Psalm 46 a few years ago in like the context of his return, I, like, I just like bubble up in laughter when I see like, um, uh, like a bumper sticker, right? Be still and know that I'm, I'm the Lord. Or we were at somebody's house a few days ago and a wonderful Christian family and they had it on the walls. Be still and know that I'm God. And I, I just want to be like, oh yeah, be still because... Jesus is coming and he will make desolations on all the earth. And it just like, it makes me laugh to think about when, when Christians usually think of that verse, they think of like, 
well, he's so kind. Be still. He'll just wrap me in his arms, and I'll just be still. And that's okay. You can think that. that that's, that's part of who Jesus is. But the context of that verse is not, he's going to wrap me in his arms. Look at that. It says, I will make desolations upon the earth. He makes war cease and bat- shatters the bow. And we should have joy in that. Isn't that crazy? Psalm 47, I love it. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. For the Lord Most High is awesome, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob whom he loved. God has ascended amid shouts of joy. The Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. We'll get back into that one later, but... But the justice at the day should bring us inexpressible joy. And, and I know when, when we think about justice, most of us aren't overly joyful, but we should be. There is an appointed end to suffering. Do you guys know that? That is such good news. The, the lies will be exposed. Raise your hand if you've been overly frustrated with what to believe about the election. Honestly, like, it's, it's just like, Everybody's saying everybody else is lying. And, and if I don't remind myself of the end of the story, it's overwhelming. I just, I just get mad, right? But when I remember, oh, Jesus sees all this. He's keeping track perfectly. And when he comes, everything gets exposed as, as perfect justice. Isn't that awesome? Can anybody else be like, yes, because I can't wait for that. Because I feel like we'll never know the truth from the last few weeks. But we will, we will, at his return. And I'm going to take joy in that future day. Because Jesus, you know, he never sweeps justice under the rug. Injustice that has been done to you, he keeps track of it. And he will restore it perfectly to you. Do you know that? For him, it's never like, oh, it's no big deal. It's a big deal to Jesus. Because he died for you, he loves you, and he's keeping track of these things. His justice is perfect. And we take joy in that. And he will, deal it, he will deal with it perfectly at the end of the age. The joy we have now is in waiting. And this is faith, beloved. It's faith knowing that he's going to do that. And trusting in that day. Alright, the next one. The joy of the, resu- of the restoration at the day of the Lord. Because he's not just going to whisk you away to heaven. He actually has a purpose on the earth. And he's going to restore it. Psalm 96, verse 10. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that's in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord. For he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Psalm 126, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. The earth in its present state is suffering subject to decay. And Romans 8 says, it's groaning for the sons of men to be revealed. It's groaning for the resurrection of the dead. 
the, the trees and the, the plants and the lakes outside your house or whatever, they really want you to be resurrected. Did you know that? You were meant to be a mediator. You were meant to be crowned over creation. And they want you to do that. And, and th- this is likely literal. I don't know how it's going to work, but likely fields are going to be jubilant. Trees are going to sing. I know that sounds like some weird kind of Lord of the Rings thing or whatever, but I, I really think somehow they're going to clap their hands and sing and be so happy that Jesus is restoring the earth. Because he's not going to destroy it all. That's not the end of the story. Death doesn't win. Restoration life is the end of the story. Restoration of the earth is the end. Imagine it. And it's re- restored through resurrection. Just like the flood. Okay, so the flood destroyed the whole earth, right? Right? But it, it didn't annihilate it. it. It restored it again. Same thing is going to happen at the day. The next one, letter D. The joy of Jerusalem at the day of the Lord. Psalm 46. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Again, when is it going to happen? At the day of the Lord, at the break of the day, nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, and here it is again, be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 47. God has ascended amid shouts of joy. The Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to a God our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing to Him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on His holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. Psalm 48, great is the Lord and most worthy to be praised in the city of our God, his holy mountain. Do you know that future city of Jerusalem that you're going to live in is actually a mountain city? And it's massive. It's massive. We'll take a look at what it says about the size of it a little later. Beautiful in its loftiness, the joy of the whole earth. Like the heights of Zaphon is Mount Zion, the city of the great king. I love that in in, um, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is teaching about why we should have our yes be yes and our no, no, and don't swear about different things. And he just says it offhand. He's like, and don't swear by Jerusalem, the city of the great king. And he's the great king. <laughs> I love that part about Jesus. Let's keep going on this one. Verse 8, as we have heard, so we have seen in the city of the Lord Almighty, the city of our God, God makes her secure forever. Within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Like your name, O God, your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Mount Zion rejoices. That's Jerusalem. The villages of Judah are glad because of your judgment. Walk about Zion. Go around her. Count her towers. Consider her ramparts. View her citadels that you may tell of them to the next generation. Psalm 68. May God arise. May his enemies be scattered. May his foes flee before him. May you blow them away like smoke. As wax melts before the fire. May the wicked perish before God. But may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. They may be happy and joyful. Mount Bashan, majestic mountain. Mount Bashan, rugged mountain. 
<laughs> Why gaze in envy, <laughs> you rugged mountain? I love that. There's some other mountain that was like, used to be a big deal, but then Jesus came back and restored the, the planet. And now that mountain who used to be like a big deal is like, Aw, I'm envious of that huge mountain now. I'm nothing. Indeed, of Zion, it will say, Oh, I lost my place. Why gaze you in envy, you rugged mountain, at the mountain where God chooses to reign, where the Lord himself will dwell forever? Where will God dwell forever? In Jerusalem, on the earth. That's actually what's going to happen. It says right here, The chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. The Lord has come from Sinai into his sanctuary. If you do a study on the return of Jesus, likely he's going to come back to Sinai, where he once was before, march into Egypt, rescue the captives that are, that are enslaved in Egypt, and then together march into Jerusalem and ascend on his throne. And we'll read a little bit about what that ascension is going to be like. Psalm 87. He has founded his city on the holy mountain. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the other dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are said of you, city of God. I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me. Philistia too, and Tyre along with Cush, and will say, This one was born in Zion, and indeed, of Zion it will be said, This one and that one were born in her, and the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord will write the register of the peoples. This one was born in Zion, and they will make music and sing. All my fountains are in you. And now, probably a lot of you guys know that song, All My Fountains Are in You by John Thurlow. It's like a beautiful song. And I love it. And it's good. And it's like, yeah, Jesus, like, all my fountains are in you. But this is likely literal too. Like, when you walk in that city in the age to come, there'll be fountains there. <laughs> there'll be like literal fountains that come from the river, probably like some underground tunnels, and we'll be able to drink from them and be like, yeah, all, all his fountains are, are in Jerusalem. Psalm 132, for the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling, saying, this is my resting place forever and ever. Here I will sit enthroned, for I desired it. I will bless her with abundant provisions. Her poor I will satisfy with food. I will close her, her priests with salvation, and her faithful people will ever sing for joy. I love it. And, and this is the scandal of election. Because God didn't choose Peoria, nor London, nor Washington, D.C., nor Beijing. He chose the city in Israel named Jerusalem. During the time of David, it was just a, a fort of the Jebusites. But, but David had a heart for it, and so God's like, all right, well, I don't know how it all works, but he's like, yeah, that's where I'll live forever. And, and as Gentiles, just embrace it. Just say, it's okay. It's all right. I mean, Peoria is a great town and everything, but I'm okay with the, the capital of the universe being in Jerusalem. The, yeah, us Gentiles, and, and we'll get to stream into Jerusalem and offer our gifts and worship our true king joyfully. And it's okay. We're, we're all right being grafted into the olive tree, right? We don't have to be our own tree. Amen, yes? Come on. All right, we're going to skip then to verse... Or to letter E. I, me- I messed up on the notes, sorry. Some, uh, the joy of the kingdom at the day of the Lord. So it's not just a city that he's going to reign over, but actually a kingdom that's going to extend all around the earth. Psalm 37. Hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are destroyed, you will see it. 
Consider the blameless, observe the upright. A future awaits those who seek peace. But all sinners will be destroyed. There will be no future for the wicked. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on His holy throne. This is Psalm 47. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of God, of Abraham, for the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. And that is the end of the story, right? That's the book of Revelation. The kingdoms of this present evil age have become the kingdoms of our Lord and and Jesus Christ. So Psalm 145. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim of your deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The joy of a Jesus-led government. Now, if, if I say the word government to you, is there anybody here that has like a real positive feeling about it? Anybody's like, yes, I love government, right? No, like everybody's like Homer Simpson, right? Don't get me started about the government. Like he, we all have negative feelings towards it, and for good reason, because the government's meant to serve the people, but instead they go in with their government salaries and they end up with like mansions all over the, all over the country, right? And you're like, you're supposed to be serving us, but instead you're just serving yourself. And, and it, it just, there's less and less transparency. And, and the, the, I feel like the U.S. government just grows more wicked as time goes on. But it wasn't meant that way. It, in, in the future kingdom, there will be good government. And, and that was the way it was in the beginning. When, when God made the earth, he said it's good, 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 very good. He enthroned Adam and Eve as kings over the garden. They had responsibility. It it was a governmental context. Government is meant to be good. And and the the thing I can compare it to is um, a worship team, right? Like like when, when you're working together, I don't know if you guys have been on a worship team before, but everybody has their part, right? Everybody's doing their part. And, and they're blessing each other. You're playing this chord, and, and the piano player's doing this. And I, I don't know if you guys have never experienced that, but it, it feels really good, right? Like, oh, Jessica's got this great like, rhythm here. I'm going to compliment it with this. And Nolan finds a sweet bass line to add to it. And Andrew got something awesome like going in the background. It just feels awesome when we're all serving each other, working together. And that's what government is supposed to feel like. Now, I admit it doesn't, right? It doesn't always feel like that. But, but that's what it's supposed to feel like. And maybe some of you in your work, you have the same feeling of joyful teamwork where you serve each other. This will be what the age to come is like. It is not going to be uh, Woodstock. For years, I was kind of like, well, may- yeah, maybe it's just kind of like we're all just kind of wandering around in some beautiful area, listening to music and just chilling. No, that's, not, that's not how it's going to be. There's government, there's cities, there's people over cities. I want to be on Jesus' leadership team. I, I want to be like 
part of his team, right? I want him to, to like talk to me and be like, hey, David, I'm going to give you this job here and I'm going to put some people with you. And you that, that, I really want that. that that's, that's a joyful thing that I want. Can you guys see it? It, it? It's hard for us, right? Because we already think government is a bad thing. But in Jesus' mind, it is not a bad thing. And, and by the way, that's why church government is so important. Uh, a lot of people I know are kind of like, well, I, I don't care about church. You know, I'm a Christian, but I, I'm not really into, you know, listening to people. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. Okay, agreed. Like, like the church, we're, we're not all perfect. We're, we're, we're pretty messed up. I, I'm not going to argue all that. But God has set up church government for good reasons. And, and you, you are actually going to bring yourself and your leaders joy when you honor that and when you bless that. And the people I know that refuse to put themselves under any, court, any kind of church government, not always, but almost always, they wander away into weird things. They, they're kind of like start to believe in, in kind of stranger things. And it's, and it's honestly because they don't have that government over them. And so... I don't know where you are in your church or wherever you go, but, but be a part of some sort of church government. Be, submit yourselves to a, a, a healthy church government because it's good. It's God-ordained, and it's a sign of what's to come. He is going to anoint good government in the age to come. Okay, last one. This is my favorite one. I'm going a little bit. Slower than I wanted to, but that's okay. Because we do want to get back into worship. Um, and we want to show some art, and we want to let the Holy Spirit minister to us in joy. The joy of the eternal King at the day of the Lord. And this one is the best one, right? And it has the reason that we, we have joy in government, and joy in restoration, and joy in resurrection is because Jesus is doing all those things, because he is in the midst of us. Psalm 21, the king rejoices in your strength. Lord, how great is his joy in the victories you give. You have granted him his heart's desire, and he has, uh, you have granted him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. You came to greet him with rich blessings and placed a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked you for life and you gave it to him. Length of days, forever and ever. Through your victories you gave, his glory is great. You have bestowed on him splendor and majesty. Surely you have granted him unending blessings and made him glad with the joy of your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord. Through the unfailing love of the Most High, he will not be shaken. Psalm 45. Psalm 45 is just, it's just an amazing psalm. It is a, the bridegroom king psalm. You want to get lost in the joy of Jesus? Read Psalm 45 until you see him. Read Psalm 45 until it starts to affect your heart. Psalm 45, 1. My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite verses for my king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. You are the most excellent of men, and your lips have been anointed with grace. Since God has blessed you forever, gird your sword on your side, you mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. In your majesty, ride forth victoriously in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. Let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. 
Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. So it's just a picture of a bridegroom on his horse rescuing his bride, slaying his enemies with the sword, with his sharp arrows, and, and... and it's, and it's not just this kind of like mean guy, but he's actually doing it out of love and doing it with joy. Did you guys catch that? He's been, a, he's been Jesus has been set all, above all his companions by anointing him with the oil of joy. Now most people, when they think about Jesus, they don't think about this super joyful guy. But he was. Luke 10, he sends out the disciples to... to the different towns, they come back and they're like fired up. They're like, Jesus, even demons obey us at your, at your name. And he's like, yeah, I saw Satan fall like lightning to the ground. <laughs> it's like, um, he's just excited. He's excited about it happening, right? And then he says, but listen, don't rejoice in that. Don't rejoice that just demons listen to you. Rejoice that your names have been written in the book of everlasting life. Do you guys catch it? He's saying, have joy in the resurrection. I love that. And then, I love this. It says, then Jesus, rejoicing greatly in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? What does that mean when it says, Jesus, rejoicing greatly in the Holy Spirit? I don't know about you, but for years, I just kind of pictured Jesus as this like kind of, Stoic guy that's just like a really good kind of hippie teacher, really chill. But it says Jesus, who Psalm 45, by the way, says has been anointed with the oil of joy. It says he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know what you have in your picture, but I don't imagine it was like, ah. that The verb actually, rejoicing greatly, comes from the, the Greek verb agaliapo, which is spinning. I don't know what you, you think happened that day when it says he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit, but I'm pretty sure it involved spinning. <laughs> Has anybody sp- spun around like sad? <laughs> no, nobody spins around sad, right? Every, when you spin, you're so happy, right? Watch, watch kids sometimes. Jesus is the most joyful one. He is the most joyful human being. Psalm 47, clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. For the Lord Most High is awesome, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, people under his feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. God has ascended amidst shouts of joy. And I just, I want to stop there. We've, we've read this one already three times, but... When he comes back and he marches into Jerusalem, he is going to ascend and sit on that throne. And he will be surrounded by us. And we are going to shout for joy. Yeah! When he does. Do you know that? It'll be, you, are, you are going to shout, and it's going to be a shout of joy. And a, a couple summers ago, I was reading this verse, and I just had a dull, a dull spirit on me. And two weeks before... Uh, Nolan and I and another friend were at a Cubs game and the first baseman for the Cubs hit a grand slam and we were shouting for joy yeah grand slam and we're like high-fiving people and hugging strangers and stuff like that and 
And afterwards, a couple weeks later, I'm reading this verse, and I just felt the Holy Spirit on it. Like, David, you think joy is from baseball? You have no idea the joy that's awaiting you. And it just, it just gave me, like, the chills of, like, shouting for a baseball game is nothing compared to the moment that Jesus ascends to his throne, and I'm surrounded by my, by my brothers and sisters in Christ, and we have resurrected bodies. We're going to shout for joy. Yes! It actually is happening. The thing that we've been waiting for our whole life, the, the, the darkness that we've had to endure, all our life is over, and he's come. Come on, that's joyful. The Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. That moment is going to be stunning. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing to Him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on His holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth belong to God. And he is greatly exalted. And that's why this book that David is working on, that when he posts a little bit of the artwork online, immediately something happens in my heart. Immediately. He, he, the, the picture of a whale, the one with the whale and the guy like swimming, immediately like it gets my heart thinking of like, oh yeah, this is going to happen. The, I really might frolic with whales. Like this is, this is a real thing. And it, it just reminds me of the reality awaiting me. And I, it's like I'm reaching into that future joy and I'm, I'm holding it into the present to make it my strength. Psalm 68. May God arise. May his enemies be scattered. May his foes flee before him. May you blow them away like smoke as wax melts before the fire. May the wicked perish before God. But may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Sing to God. Sing praise in his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. I can't wait. One day I'm going to preach a message called like, Jesus, the one who rides on the clouds. Because at his return, he's coming back on a cloud. On a white horse, but he's the cloud rider. I can't wait to teach that message. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. Sing Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord. To him who rides across the highest heavens, the ancient heavens who thunders with mighty voice, proclaim the power of God, whose majesty is over Israel, whose power is in the heavens. You, God, are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Psalm 118. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day... The Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon us with bows in hand. 
Join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. In Mexico, they have this cool tradition called Las Posadas, where they'll do like a, a group of people traveling from one house to another. It's like um, copying kind of like, is there room for the inn for Joseph and Mary to give birth to their son? Oh, there's not? Okay, let's go over here and just play some music and sing as we travel. It's a joyful procession. And I love that picture. And that's what's going to happen at the day. Join the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. It's going to be like this fun march all the way up. Now, I want to draw your attention to a couple of things. The stone the, the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Oh, thank you, Iris. It's the great reversal. The, the one who has been rejected is going to be king over all the earth. Come on. And then this one. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, has anybody known the context to that song? Did anybody know that? I, for years, I'm at camp and VBS. This is the day. This is the day. I, I don't like that. I didn't like that song at all when I was a kid. And like later on, I'm like, oh, this is the day. <laughs> but now that I know the context of the song, it's not talking about this is the day, current day. What day is it talking about? The day of the Lord, the day of His return. This is the day that the Lord has made. All these current days are the days of men and their wickedness. But there is a day that the Lord has made. So what should we do? Rejoice and be glad in it. What, what should our response be when we gaze upon the day of the Lord, when we look upon His return? We rejoice and we're glad in it. And now... I, I don't know if I still like the tune of the song, but now whenever I hear that song, this, I'm like, yeah, this is the day. This is the day that, that, that God has. Jesus will ascend. And this is going to be all. And I like, something changed in my heart because I know the context. Do you guys see how important it is? Do you see the message of the Psalms? It's saying rejoice, be joyful. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. He's restoring all things. He's resurrecting the dead. He's, he's going to sit on His throne in Jerusalem forever. He's going to bring perfect justice to the earth. Okay. Yeah. I should be joyful. Psalm 149. Here's our last one. Thank you guys for reading through so much with me. Let Israel rejoice in their Maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their King. Let them praise His name with dancing and make music to Him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes delight in His people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let His faithful people rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. Who wants to go to bed tonight singing for joy? Cuddling up, getting that electric blanket on. Thank you. This is the day that the Lord has made. The incredible joyful moment of the great reversal. Jesus of Nazareth, the one despised, rejected, mocked, used as a curse word, spit upon, is revealed as the one true king over all the earth and takes his throne in Jerusalem in the festal procession amidst cries of joy. Yet he is a powerful and tender king, winning our hearts with love through the humiliation of his cross so that we can trust him. So worship team, if you want to come up, I don't know if you guys have the um, artwork ready, but get that all set up. How do we respond <clears throat> as they're getting ready to go back into worship? 
How do we respond to this message? Well, first of all, we know Jesus' story. From creation in the garden in the beginning to the wedding supper at the end, the wedding supper of the Lamb at the end of this age, the Bible is telling us Jesus' story. He is the A and the Z, and everything else finds its place in the context of Jesus' story. Right? What's the letter B? Well, it's the one after A, and it's the 24th or something until Z. The same way, Jesus' story is the story of the Bible. It's the story of all of history. And we find our story in His. And His is much more glorious, much bigger. Number two here, your little story is found inside Jesus' larger, much glorious story. But it is a similar storyline. Suffering in this present evil age, glory and inexpressible joy during the age to come. Hebrews 12 says, this was the joy set before him. That he would, he would not despise the shame, but endure the cross. I messed up the, the wording there, but you guys can see the point of it, right? Why did, he, why did he suffer? Why did he die? For the joy set before him. And it wasn't heaven, because Jesus had heaven before he came to earth. The joy of him was you. Okay, letter B. How do you get into this future kingdom? <laughs> Nobody's paying attention to me now. <laughs> That's all right. It's okay. How do we get into this kingdom? I want to be clear here. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will go into that kingdom. The only way into the kingdom is through repentance and belief in the blood of Jesus. You have to bow your knee to Jesus now in this age. Not everyone who thinks they're going to go and, be, and enter into this kingdom will actually go into it. You must repent from your sins. You must turn your heart to Jesus. You must be covered by His powerful blood. And if you haven't, today is the day of salvation. Bow your knee to Jesus of Nazareth today. Future joy and present joy. This is serious work. You can't just be like, well, I'm just going to be a joyful person and not work at it. You actually have to do the work. How do you do the work? You gaze upon the most joyful one. Because whatever you behold is what you become. You want to be joyful? You want to have the strength of the Lord? Then behold the most joyful one. Behold Jesus of Nazareth. And actually reach, just like I said earlier, reach into the future and grab that future joy you'll have reminding yourself of the day of the Lord. Reminding yourself of Jesus of Nazareth. Reminding yourself of the moment He ascends and sits on His throne amidst the festal gathering and the shouts of joy coming from your lips. So today, we're going to sing our way into the truth. All the scripture we read tonight were songs. People sang them. So now we're going to sing songs and we're going to let the Holy Spirit minister to us. The Holy Spirit is meant to be our comfort. He's meant to be our reminder. He's meant to be a promise, a deposit, a seal of something that's coming. And the fruits of the Holy Spirit you experience now, they're just signs of what's to come. You may have felt joyful this week. You may have felt love or peace this week. That's nothing to the joy and the peace that you will experience in the age to come. The, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the, the gift of prophecy or tongues or, or ministry or knowledge, all, the, all the, the gifts described in 1 Corinthians 12, those are signs of what's coming. And that's why we, we press into the Holy Spirit. So stand with me now, please.
we're now going to worship and we're going to sing songs about his return. And I want you to dialogue and talk to the Holy Spirit. This is the, this is the time we've been waiting for, to press in. So ask Holy Spirit to help you. Help him remind you. you you're going to ask for joy. You're going to ask for that future joy. You're going to ask him to reveal those moments. And as you gaze upon David's pictures, let your imagination, in combination with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, work. Some of you and some of me, we've used our imagination for evil, but God gave you imagination for good things. Imagine what's to happen. Imagine it. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you that there is a coming day of perfect justice. Thank you that you will not abandon us to the graves, but you, with your voice, are going to raise the dead. Thank you that you bring perfect justice to the earth, that nothing will be left covered, that no lie will not be revealed as a lie, and that your truth wins. Father, we pray now that you would help us and understand the restoration, that we, just like the the fields and trees would shout with joy and clap our hands. Help us understand Jerusalem, the city of the great king where we will dwell forever. Help us see that kingdom that's coming that will extend from your throne onto Jerusalem and then over the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. And help us love you, Jesus. May you be our eternal king. May we get a taste of the joy that you experience, Jesus, that you are. We ask that you would help us, bless us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.